Disclaimer, we are not licensed professionals. The conversations we have about our mental health and well-being come from our own personal experiences. We hope these open conversations will encourage our audience to take notice and ownership of their own mental and emotional well-being. And maybe, just maybe, provide some cathartic laughs along the way. All right. Well, let's get into it. Welcome to Therapy Check, a podcast dedicated to addressing and readdressing the trials and tribulations we have faced as women of color. This podcast not only speaks on the beautiful and the messed up, but also offers some unsolicited, if not needed, advice. I'm Breezy. I'm Andrea. And we are Therapy Check. So this is the first episode of Therapy Check. Hey, here we go. My name is Andrea Torres Hurtado. I go by Andy, so Breezy sometimes will call me Andy. And don't get confused, it is me. I am a Virgo. If we're going to go that route and talk about science and everything, I went to University of Oregon, recent grad, trying to figure out life, you know, and then just want to dive in and talk about how we've experienced things. So Breezy. All right, everyone. So my name is Breezy Rucker. And yes, Breezy is my real name. I use they, them pronouns. And essentially, I go by anything Breezy, Bree, Fabrice, whatever you're feeling like. I am a Libra, and we know the ladies love a good Libra. I'm also a University of Oregon alum. Coming at you live from the Midwest. All right. So how did we meet? Hmm, how do we meet? <laughs> okay. So what a crazy story. Do we want the, <laughs> the you know, the PR version? They're like, oh, we both worked as RAs or how we really met. <laughs> Let's go into how we really met because I honestly don't remember that well. Yeah. So how we really met? was or how what I define like our real meeting and like who I how I got to know who you are and what you're about was on a drunken night I don't remember (laughs) (laughs) when I you know I won't say rocked you to sleep but I was definitely there (laughs) holding some hair and keeping you yeah no we met before that I know but I felt like that was the moment where I was like ah this is my friend Andy. <laughs> Before oh, no. it was like, oh yeah, Andrea, like, oh, works in KI or is like, oh, <laughs> like in LLC. But that was the night where I was like, all right. <laughs> that's the night you said, oh, we can be friends. I feel like that's the <laughs> It wasn't the night that I said, oh, we can be friends, but it was like, oh yeah, this like that's my girl. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's great my, way to start the season. Oh my god! It was at it was at Taylor's, and you were swaying around. Oh no! Yeah, that was, okay. It was my birthday. I turned twenty-two. Okay, mm-hmm. so I was going through it, you know. So Virgo season. Virgo season. Oh, oh my god! I still have I have footage of that of that oh night. Oh my god! Please, I don't want to see it. It was it was my favorite thing because like there came to a point where you had like just I think you had pulled Chelly into your arms and you were swaying 
So Chelly is our mutual friend. That's how we met pretty much. Because mm-hmm. I know we met before this, like, Breezy. I think it was during break where everyone was mm-hmm. gone and, like, we had, like, a picnic or something. That's, I think, mm-hmm. that's when we met, like, officially. No, interestingly enough, when it comes to, like, you and Chelly specifically, I met all of y'all freshman year in Carson Hall because that's where I lived. We were just on different floors. So I saw y'all in the elevator and I think I met y'all during RA training, but it like never connected. It was like we were in the same circles. It felt like a misconnection, you know, like a rom-com where you're like, mm-hmm. oh, they had so many opportunities to meet. And then they like finally have their meet cute. Yeah. That was our meet cute. <laughs> that was our meet cute because we had so many opportunities from freshman year to meet. And we just never uh-huh. know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know good things come to those who wait and it's a powerful union (laughs) (laughs) dang i'm still like in shock (laughs) yeah i'm like one of those (laughs) it's one of those moments where i'm just like i don't even really remember not knowing you does that make sense it's like what was life like before i met andy i was like i don't know i kind of i feel like i've always known andy (laughs) i know i feel like as soon as we actually connected and we just hit it off. And I feel like that mm-hmm. night really bonded us, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even my two, like, close friends that were there, Miguel and Tony, remember them? They were there to take care of me, too. And they're like, oh, we love Breezy. How is Breezy doing? <laughs> and they just loved you. And I've been friends with them since, you know, like, first year of high school. And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, Breezy. How's Breezy doing? And just they always want to know about you. So. Uh, in case anyone wants to know, Breezy's a mess, but, a me- <laughs> you know, a mess making money. <laughs> yeah, at least we're making money. Yeah, and then uh, finding a job was really difficult. Like, I was online looking for this, internships and all that. And then the only job I could get was working at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it was kind of... You know, it kind of hurt my ego. It's like, oh, I have two degrees. I have mm-hmm. two entire degrees. I had good grades, too. And then the best job I could get was at a restaurant as a cashier. And I'm not even, like, full-time. So, yeah. but, like, it's hard to find a job. It's it's, mm-hmm. it's really hard out there. Yeah. It, that, like, point you said about the ego thing, it really, I won't even say it humbled me. It It kind of destroyed me a little bit where it just made me feel like, you know, I worked so hard. I did all of these things. And now I'm working at a job with a bunch of 16 year olds in which one, they think I'm old. Mm-hmm. I'm 23. <laughs> I know. And they talk down to me like, I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, nine times out of 10, I don't. But like, yeah. there's just this limbo of, am I successful? Did I make it? Or am I still, you know, stuck? Yeah, I feel like we definitely have to give ourselves a break. Like, Mm -hmm. it's hard. It's just hard overall for everyone. But then just add a pandemic and then add the president we have right now, which is not for long. Mm -hmm. But just everything is just difficult. I mean, it's yeah. not I feel that. Like, I am, it's the opposite for me. I'm, like, one of the younger people at work. Most mm-hmm. of the people I've been working there have been working there since the restaurant opened, which is, like, 20 years. And they're, like, in their 40s, in their 50s. And they talk to me like, I'm dumb. I think sometimes they go out of their way to make me feel inferior. 
and mm. then sometimes they will ask me like oh like because I am 23 but I do look like I'm 16 or 15 mm-hmm. so they'll be like oh are you in school like what are you doing I'm like oh I actually just graduated college and you know trying to figure things out and they're like why are you here they're like if you have a degree yeah. what are you doing here yeah I every day that I'm at work and I have one all these people talking about like oh I have class I'm like I wish I had class I wish at least if I was in school right now I would know where I'm going like I would know the end goal yeah because the end goal is to graduate and get the degree I graduated and got the degree and then the next goal was to get like at least find my dream job or find that job that will set me up for a good future but I'm not doing that either it's just and like you said cut yourself some slack but at the same time I feel like the world's not gonna cut me slack when this is all over they're like well what were you doing for that year you you were working at Target other people were having like internships or careers or they were working this way like I don't the world's not gonna cut me slack in any shape or form and it's so hard to cut myself slack so I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. If there wasn't, you know, quarantine or any of this stuff going on, mm-hmm. what would you like to be doing? Well, I would like to be doing a lot of things, but I think my financial situation would still limit me. And mm-hmm. I would like to think that it would be easier to find a job or an mm-hmm. internship. But if that wasn't the case, if let's put money aside and let's say like the ideal situation my well not trip but my internship in Spain wouldn't have been canceled so I would have been Mm -hmm. able to do that hopefully made some connections and gotten a a different internship saved money got a better job to go to grad school you know because Mm -hmm. right now I am working and I'm trying to save every penny I can to go to grad school but it's definitely a slow process because you know we don't get paid that much mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah honestly I think that weirdly enough this quarantine for me was kind of like a godsend mm-hmm. because I genuinely believe that if I had been where I was and you know I wouldn't without the quarantine I would have nothing to show for myself and there would be no excuse you know that's my greatest fear right now is that maybe this would have still happened to me if there hadn't been like a whole entire pandemic Mm -hmm. because I don't know if it's imposter syndrome or whatever the hell it is but I feel like it's capitalism I'll be real it's capitalism (laughs) but everything everything feels like a competition and so I'm just out here feeling like my strengths or experiences are falling short Mm -hmm. because you know there are people who got the internship to go to dc or wherever there are people who still did it and it's like i don't know if i'm cut from a different cloth or they're on a different path but like if i didn't have this i genuinely think like if quarantine wasn't happening and i was studying for the gre right now i'd be more miserable This is kind of like my safety net. (laughs) Like, (laughs) when it all ends, you know, hey, it was COVID. Can't do anything, you know, COVID. Yeah, it is a safety blanket for sure. And then Mm -hmm. if COVID wasn't happening and if I was in the same situation, I feel like I would be 
I would just feel worse than I already did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But also being thankful for the quarantine is also comes from a place of privilege because a yeah. lot of people, you know, lost their jobs or in very mm-hmm. bad situations. But, you know, everyone experiences very differently. Yeah. Yeah. So aside from, you know, falling into the the typical route of we are in unprecedented times and ah covid mm-hmm. what else has been on your mind what's been on my mind oh my god <laughs> honestly i feel like i just work every day and my thoughts are just like wake up get ready work out go to go to work do my thing at work come back sleep and repeat that's just kind of like mm-hmm. my mindset but in the middle i like it in between I'm thinking like how can I be better how can I be more competitive so when it's finally time for me to apply to grad school or take the next step when they look at like when they ask you what you did what did you do during that time there's gonna mm-hmm. actually gonna be something I can say instead of me like um nothing you know yeah Which yeah I think just puts way more pressure on me and unnecessary pressure like you don't have to be working all the time and again, mm-hmm. like you said, it's capitalism. You don't have to be productive all the time. You can just, I saw a tweet that said, you're just allowed to exist. You can just mm-hmm. exist and it's okay. Yeah, no, 100%. I can say, I don't actually know if I can say this, you know, for practical reasons. I'm going to bleep out my <laughs> place of employment. But working at Beep <laughs> has been slowly but steadily radicalizing me down with capitalism i cannot do this anymore i was i've i've been watching leftist tiktoks where they just talk about like it was a oh, it was a tiktok where this person was trying to explain to aliens why we purchase food mm-hmm. and the whole idea was well i mean you know, the earth just grows stuff, right? Like, it does that for free. You don't have to do anything. It's like, yeah, but, you know, someone owns the land, and so you have to pay for the food from that land. I was like, but it's land. It just does it. So how does owning it make any sense? And I was like, oh, my goodness. I know. (sighs) Preach. (laughs) Preach. When I say, okay, this, I, I have to do a story time. I have to. Okay. I think about this all the time where, so for those who may not know, (laughs) I feel like I talk about this all the time, but this is called therapy check and this is the biggest trauma I've ever experienced in my life. Okay, not the biggest ever, but one of, (laughs) and this is, this is my self-defining moment. So I used to date this guy. (laughs) (laughs) Andy knows, how dare you laugh at me, I'm being vulnerable. I'm sorry, I just didn't know we were going to go into this right now. No, no, it's not that, it's not that, but I used to date this guy, the beginning of our relationship, Mm -hmm. this is like when Trump is getting elected, or like Mm -hmm. in the running, and respectability politics, Mm -hmm. or just niceties, where, oh, you should respect people's different political beliefs. Like, you're supposed to be tolerant. This was back in the day when, you know, we could get along. I mean, and I found out the the guy I was dating, seeing, talking to, whatever we're going to call it. <laughs> I found out he voted for Trump. <gasps> and 
I was so heartbroken, but I was like, I have to be bigger than this. I have to respect other people's political beliefs. Like, you can't just, like, end a relationship because you disagree. That's so childish. Mm -hmm. And so I asked him why he voted for Trump. And he's like, oh, I just really don't like Democrats. Like, I don't agree with what they believe in. And I was like, pick (laughs) me, self, um was like, pick me, pick me. And I was like, oh, me either. I don't like Democrats. I'm actually a communist. (laughs) Thinking, thinking, oh, he would respect and like that more. (laughs) And so it just makes me think like, you know, 18 year old me was correct. We are a communist. But I love how we first admitted that in order to, like, impress a little Trump supporter. So the more we talk about feelings of inadequacy and capitalism, the more I'm like, 18-year-old me was with it. 18-year-old me knew. It's just every time we talk about it, I'm like, I remember me thinking, like, oh, my gosh, in order to impress and keep this person that I have strong feelings for, I'm just going to, you know, distance myself from the Democrats that he hates. But... uh, identifying as a communist is a self-fulfilling prophecy let's be real (laughs) i think about it all the time i wonder how he's doing because you know we're thriving we're we're, we're watching trump fall out of favor we're just like bye Mm -hmm. (laughs) like you voted for that man you could leave with that man oh for sure yeah for sure he can stay in the past where he belongs oh man Oof. Oof. I need I a little break from that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's embarrassing. Don't look at me. I don't know who I am. A me a dating a Trump supporter? Oh, I mean, that just goes back to uh, just dating as a woman is it's hard. It's yeah. hard. It's it's strange because dating as a woman is the only thing I know how to do. I have no idea how to date as a non-binary person, like as as gender fluid, gender queer. I just, I've, I've won TV, life, books, all of it, only heterosexual couples. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm dating as an imposter. <laughs> This week on Among Us, Breezy, an imposter. <laughs> oh no, no, no. But you got any you got any experiences dating as a woman that you're just like uh, maybe excuse another, me? Another episode will go into my traumas <laughs> of dating as a woman of color. But just what I wanna address in right now. Just the men I've dated have like no had no interest in like changing their perspective until I was the one that pushed them to and I'm Mm. like hey you know maybe you shouldn't say that maybe you shouldn't do that and that's when they're like oh like something clicked but you had to push them to it and then it's just like why can't you just realize that on your own when I was in therapy my therapist says you very much act like an external conscience Mm. and I've been doing that with like my family and the guys I've been dating, and it's just exhausting. Yeah. No, 100%. I think <laughs> my therapist has described <laughs> me as, you know, a caregiver rather than a conscience, where I have always acted in the role of 
I can't even say like a mother or a parental figure, but I have always been a support to people mm-hmm. that like you're the conscience and I'm the freaking support bar. Like, here, let me raise you up. <laughs> <laughs> and I ooh, and that's I think the thing that I've I've struggled with the most is that it can be so good when you support and love someone like your friends when you support you love them and you're just there for them and you watch them succeed and you like watch them rise up but then there are those people that you support and you love and you care for and they just use you like a stepping stone oh yeah and you're like yeah i heard it i saw this tweet that you know what let me pull it up because i don't remember who it was and i want to give credit to this person (laughs) ladies and gentlemen welcome to andrea's timeline (laughs) Oh my god, I will mention a lot of tweets here. I'm just a heads up. Okay, so the tweet goes, women's lives are an immense teachable moment. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know how to say their username, but it's hey Kelsey. I don't know. I don't I'm like butchering their name, but I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm illiterate, so oh, okay. <laughs> I can't read. <laughs> I don't know how to read. But credit to you, like yes, I feel like that's definitely been my experience. Yes, but before I want to, I want to come in with a little, a little thing that we're doing here on this channel, um, a little segment called unsolicited advice. So here's your unsolicited advice for the day. Maybe not the only one, but some of it. Twitter is not your therapist, even though it's relatable and fun. <laughs> Go to therapy, you came hun. For me. You came for me. <laughs> not you particularly. But I, too, have an account that is just for, like, what I call messy tweets and <laughs> sad thoughts. <laughs> but just, I got to remind myself is every time I see a tweet that I'm like, yes, preach, talk about it. Oh, you spoke to my experience. I got to remind myself, honey, your work's not done. <laughs> you can tweet about it into the void or to your 35 followers as much as you want. <laughs> but that's not therapy. We are tweeting into the void because I also don't have that many followers. <laughs> and just, yeah. <laughs> tweeting away like my account is also public and I like sometimes I act like no one can read it (laughs) like it's just a diary which Andrea it's not a diary oh my gosh no there was a what was it oh because like the whole Instagram update (laughs) somebody had tweeted like hey it's gonna take you three years to get a hundred followers for those of you new to Twitter (laughs) yeah yeah it really does like Twitter Instagram very different very very different yeah if you want to know how i'm doing just check my twitter (laughs) oh my gosh can we please speak on the amount of people who have been like you good (laughs) or like definitely messaged you after a tweet i've definitely messaged you after a tweet i'm like breezy are you okay (laughs) i feel like that's my calling card where people read my tweets and are like let's check in or like let's do a one-on-one how we doing let's let's talk I haven't talked to you in a minute <laughs> I know I've also had people like reach out they're like are you okay like do you need do you need to talk and I'm like I, it's fine I'm just 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 leave me alone. just let me tweet just let me tweet I had this person that I followed and like I would see their tweets all the time mm-hmm. and I would genuinely and like back in the day this was somebody that I worked with and was kind of like reported to me and so there'd be a couple of times where I'm like, I don't know if I should bring up their tweets in this one-on-one conference. Like, yeah. so how we doing? We've been having some messy moments online. <laughs> yeah. Or like, do we need to unpack some things? Mm-hmm. Because 
I'll be honest, I tweet and then I forget that people see me, like you said, and then sometimes I feel like I gotta filter myself and I'm like, whoa, that's too dark. A little too edgy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Reel it in. Reel it in. I just, I feel like I, oh, oh my goodness. It's crazy because I have 35 followers, all right? Like 35, 36. So when I lose them, I know who they are. Like, it's not a, boop, I didn't even notice. I noticed, and I'm like, what was it? (laughs) What was it that sent you over the edge? edge? (laughs) I know. It's like, what, was it my tweet about, was it about Nicki Minaj? (laughs) 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 Was it the tweet I retweeted that was like, oh, men hate Megan Thee Stallion because she has everything they want, the rap career and the height. I was like, which which short king did I hurt? (laughs) (laughs) Like, sir, it's okay. I'm five foot zero. (laughs) We laugh together. We laugh and cry together. (laughs) I know. And then let's just address men that get upset when we say we hate men. (gasps) I love it. I love, I think I like to imagine when they get upset, it's because they too hate themselves and they're like, oh, you're not supposed to say it out loud. I feel like <laughs> when I say that, I'm not talking about you. It's just general. And then guys are like, oh, she's talking about me. And I'm like, no, I'm just, it's just a general thing. I mean, if the shoe fits, but the only part. time I'm speaking to someone directly when I say I hate these people is if I mention your zodiac sign. Mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen, this pot on this podcast, me personally, we don't mess with no cancer males, okay? Mm-hmm. None. They are cancer to the body, to the heart, the mind, oh. and the soul. So if I say, man, forget y'all cancers, that is directed to you personally, that is an attack, and that is a fact. You know, <laughs> essentially, you, you know who you are. Yes. They know who they are. Yeah. They come from afar. They don't want none of this smoke. Mm-mm. It's not... But essentially, when I say I hate men, or like, oh, I can't stand this, it's just the one person who I'm trying not to subtweet anymore. It's part of my own personal growth, Mm -hmm. so I just decided to generalize. (laughs) But out here, we stand. We stand some Leos. We stand some Virgos. We love a Libra. Ladies love Libras. And is that it? Are those the only people I mess with? <laughs> There's probably some air signs and in there, but water signs, those poor babies. Are they enough? They need a therapy check. Oh. hmm I love how this just turned to us ranting about men. Uh, <laughs> I find it weird when guys brag about, oh, I haven't cried in years. <gasps> you know what we call that? Do you know what we call that? What do we call it? Emotional constipation. Okay. (laughs) Get some Pepto-Bismol for your heart and your soul. Clear that out because that is gross. It stops up your system and now everyone's uncomfortable. Yeah, like crying is such a natural part. You know, sometimes I just cry for no reason and it's normal and it's okay to just let it out. And I think I respect more a guy that is okay with feeling Instead of a guy that's just like, I don't feel anything. I get over it. I don't cry. Please just let yourself be human. And I'm Mm -hmm. here telling you, you can cry. Please do. 
let them out. Let the emotions out so you don't use women to let your emotions mm-hmm. out. Okay? Yeah. Like, keeping that inside your body, that's going to come out some other way. Mm-hmm. Like, you keep those emotions in, that's coming out as violence, anger, something. That's coming out. Yeah. Like, you're only, what is it? Energy cannot be created nor distra- destroyed, only transferred. Mm-hmm. You taking that good, those good, beautiful, powerful tears, <laughs> turning on some nastiness. Mm-mm. Wipe yourself off. Get yourself clean. And just have a good cry. Yeah, have a good cry. Have you ever had songs make you cry? Yeah. Oh, I love crying. There's no. This was a song. It's called. Oh, I can sing it for you. But what is it called? <laughs> sing it to us. You want to hear it? Wait, wait, wait. It's like all I do is lay around. Two ears full of tears. That line, two ears full of tears. I was like, that's that feeling when you lay down and you're crying on your back and the tears just fall into your ears. And I was like, I wish y'all saw my face when Breezy started singing. Where did that (laughs) come from? Breezy, (laughs) that voice, that beautiful voice of yours. I need a... (laughs) It's... (laughs) Thank you, thank you. Hi. Music for me, while it ain't therapy, <laughs> it is a nice um, it is a nice emotional purge. Everyone needs therapy. Even if you're doing good, like you need therapy. Like I feel like when I started therapy, I really needed it. But then there were some sessions where we would just talk about things that I had not really thought about in years. Mm-hmm. For me, it was definitely when like I was when I was when I was and that's a problem that's a problem we'll address later when I was why is it past tense why is it not present but when I was in therapy when I first started it um there would be days where I was mostly okay like there was there's nothing heavier holding me down or weighing me down in any way and we just talk about the day and I felt heard I felt like I could process. There's something about writing in a diary or, you know, whatever it is that you do for me personally just doesn't work because it's once again, screaming into the void. I need to be heard. I need to have that dialogue. And they're just telling them about, for example, um, I was having a good day for the most part. And they're like, so how did you feel going to and from classes? And I was like, honestly, I was real nervous. And I don't know why. And I discovered I got some social anxiety. And I was like, oh, that was great. I'm glad we talked about that. Or like, finally, someone who's who's intentionally listening to my day and not only reminding me of like, oh, here's some things that are like, seems like you were struggling with, but here's some things that you did really well with. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to talk of why we decided to go to therapy like what was Mm. the thing that was like that was like you know what I I I need help I Mm. I'm not doing good on my own Mm. and you don't have to go into details you just be like just a general decision Mm -hmm. I think there were three points there are three distinctive points I remember going and being like I need help um, for three separate inc- incidents or feelings. Mm-hmm. The first time I went in for therapy um, was like four years ago. And I went in because I broke down crying 
after watching my favorite show in the entire world, The Flash. Like, went to my friend's room, was inconsolable. Like, he had to hold me and be like, Breezy, you're okay, you're okay. And then I was like, yeah, I need help because (laughs) it would be TV shows, like, neutral shows. Doctor Who. Like, nothing that should cause you to cry like this. And I'd be like, oh, I can't, I can't. So that was the first time I was like, we need help. Mm -hmm. The second time... I went in was just, I won't say I'm, okay, I have to, already I felt this weird need to justify, I won't say I'm an emotional person, I am an emotional person because I am a human, so as a result, when I feel numb, that's when I know I need help, and that was like the second time for me where I was, I was speaking monotone, I was over here acting like I'm a dang Vulcan from Star Trek, like, I have no emotions, yeah. It was just, it was bad. And it wasn't a, sometimes I can, like, sometimes I can identify when I'm doing that. Like, maybe I have a presentation or I feel uncomfortable around people. But it was just me 24-7. And I was like, this isn't me. Mm-hmm. The last time I th- remember I needed therapy, the big way I figured that out was my grades. Yeah. Which, I hate to say, education system, my grades were a big, like, measurement of am I doing well Mm -hmm. am I successful am I happy were my grades and I went in because I'm like I'm not doing well school and they're like well what's going on turns out a lot what's going on Um, how about you I want to say for me it's just I knew for a few years I wasn't okay you know I needed help but I'd never reached out and it was last year of college and we had that resource like you can have a number of free well not free because they go like you pay for it in like your fees or whatever and I was like this is my last chance to go to therapy and I need it so just going to college as a first gen everything that was going through grades and everything I was just so stressed my junior year I was so stressed that my hair was just falling off and I was like I felt like I was gonna go bald uh, my hair was falling I was sick and then I just couldn't focus I just know myself when I'm not okay so mm-hmm. yeah. that's what led me to go to therapy mm-hmm. yeah <sighs> honestly it's so crazy because I I think another thing too just listening to you talk made me realize of why I went to therapy or why I needed to was it wasn't so much as the not being okay but it was the knowing that like hey if I don't do this now it's gonna be like up until up until I got to high school it was like 18 years 20 years I'd never been or or I until I got to college 18 20 years no therapy I was like, if I didn't take that chance again and do it again, it'd have been another 18, 20 years of therapy. And one of the things that scares me about therapy now and as we speak is that I'm scared I'll like invest time into it and really sit down more than the 10 sessions that they did at school and such such like that and just realize the truth is it's going to take a while. (laughs) Every day is like a... It's a learning moment. It's a, it's like troubleshooting. Yeah. Like your life, your emotions, and yourself. Mm-hmm. 
but you don't have to do it alone. Think of your therapist as like, you're the computer. You're the computer and your therapist is geek squad. Like you don't have to fix that thing by yourself. <laughs> you can, you'd have some support. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I keep thinking of this video. Yeah, TikTok and Vine references live in my head, but they pay rent with how appropriate they are for future references. Okay. Like they're not in there rent free. I'm okay. keeping them there because there's going to be a moment where that reference is just going to be like, mm, perfect. Mm-hmm. But there's one where this man goes in, he's like, oh, I'm going to therapy. And he like goes into a room and he's like, oh, meet your traumas. He's like, I thought that was only one of y'all. Where'd y'all come from? <laughs> the therapy? Therapy was like, like ogres have layer. I got layers, okay? <laughs> I was peeling it back, be like, oh, you said eight-year-old Breezy had something to say? <laughs> no, for sure. Everything that I've experienced had made me react and do and act like this. And I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. what? And it's just, oh. I'd be sitting around thinking about, like, this is another thing, too, where my ex, like, towards the end of our relationship, gaslit the heck out of me and I realized one of his biggest criticism was like you're not okay or like something's going on or blah 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 blah. Mm -hmm. and it was one of those things where one who was he to judge because his traumas became mine you heard about that like generational trauma that was like a relationship trauma but like all his mess became mine. I was like, you are my, you are the reason I messed up. You are the reason, yeah. <laughs> I feel like, and so it was just one of those things where realizing like everything has an equal and opposite reaction where we really are. Your life is a choose your own adventure that for a good part of it, you didn't get to choose, you know? Yeah. Like the things that influenced you, the, the things that made you and broke you, you didn't get to choose that, but you're choosing to understand yourself better and maybe along the way, fix some cracks. <laughs> no, I have a story time. So working story at the time. restaurant and then I, I have a lot of jobs at the restaurant, but one of them is sitting people down. And then, you know, the conversations you have, it's like, hey, like, welcome in. How are you doing? But there, there's been a few times where people are like, I'm actually doing really bad. This, this, this didn't happen. And then I've had a few instances where people are like, oh, my, my dad just died. My husband just died. And I just never know what to say. Because I'm like, I don't know you. Like, I, I, also, I also feel that in many ways. I have a face that just emboldens people. Not necessarily to give me all their traumas. There are some occasional times where, like, people are like, I've been carjacked twice today. Wow. You should be telling the police, not me. <laughs> um, <laughs> kind of thing. But yeah. it emboldens people to just... There, I have many people who can confirm this, but people say the most out-of-pocket stuff to me. Yeah. Yeah, just out of the blue, and I'm like, uh, what about me said, you know what, let's ruin Breezy's day today. Let's put them in a mental space they are not equipped to handle right now. Yeah, no, I would love to unpack that, but I don't understand either, because that happens to me too. 
I don't mm-hmm. understand it. I just ask people generally, oh, how you're doing? And then complete strangers are just like, this happened and I'm sad because of this and this. And I'm like, I appreciate the trust, but I don't have the tools or the capacity to help you. I just, I just had a moment of clarity. I know what it is. Okay. It's because we both present as women of color. And so people probably see you and are like, hey, look at this bruja who's going to help me figure it out. Mm-hmm. They look at me and they're like, look at this mammy who's going to give me some sage black woman advice. Be like, oh, child, what you need to do? Like, I genuinely think people see us as that. Where they're like, you there. I have chosen you. <laughs> you are the one who shall yeah. tell my... <laughs> I honestly think it's that. They just look at you and they're like, ooh, uh, you're exotic. And your people know some things and have some histories. So therefore you shall be my savior. It's like not white saviorism, but it's the whole, like, it's, I mean, it's tokenism for one, but it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's that moment of like the sage wisdom of a woman of color. Dang. Good point, Breezy. Good point. Mm-hmm. I was in a, I was just like, maybe it's because we look so young, but like, no, yeah, you're, you're right. Dang. I need to They're probably... <laughs> They're over here thinking like, oh my goodness, you are connected to your ancestors. I can tell by the melanin in your skin. So therefore, you will give me your wisdom free of charge, of course. Like, I genuinely think that is what it is because I feel like it's the whole idea of white women going to Africa and being like, these poor young orphan children taught me so much. I've learned so much about humanity. Or I went to India and met this guru, and now I know everything about the universe and the dew drops. It's that. It's essentially that. <sighs> yeah. Mm. I'm like, ma'am, I have it as figured out as you do. I'm I'm ending this podcast with with a banger. You, you'll you'll hear it. You'll know when it, you hear it. Okay. I'm excited. (laughs) I feel like we're having way too much fun with this podcast. Already. (laughs) The power. Listening to this and like editing it. Oh, I hate the sound of my own voice. That's all on you, honey. It can't be secondhand embarrassment. I'm just embarrassed of myself. I'll be honest. That's why (laughs) you have to go back to therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Let's unpack that in next week's therapy session. It's that Mike, uh, Michael Jordan, like, stop it. Get some help. <laughs> That's the one. That's the yeah. one. Stop it. Get some help. <laughs> ah. Honestly, I feel like we could go on forever, but I don't mm-hmm. think people want to listen to a 20-hour <laughs> podcast. I mean, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. <clears throat> maybe there's a market for that. Ugh, market. Ugh, like a little neoliberal. Ugh. Okay. I'm sorry. Maybe there is... A desire for that maybe there's an maybe there's a space you know a safe creative space for that mm-hmm. all right this has been therapy check and as always remember eat the rich <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next week bye bye